Two Brothers, One Mike is a weekly podcast put together to help motivate and inspire our listeners both mentally and physically in the hopes of helping you be the best you. Hey everyone, welcome back to Two Brothers, One Mike. I'm Joe and as always my brother Coach Tony is here. Tony. Hello out there in T-Bomb land. Boy, we uh, we got a ton, we got a ton to cover today, ladies and gentlemen. Joe, you uh, you agree or disagree? Yeah, no, we we've got quite a bit, quite a bit. Um, and I'm excited, right? We get to step away for a second from what the show is is generally about, you know, with shoulders up and with nutrition and, and exercise, and we get to talk about, you know, our our favorite things, the '70s and the '80s, uh, and you know, worthless facts that we love. Um, and uh, at least our generation loves it. So, uh, so you know, we're trying to we're trying to persuade the millennials, I guess, and Generation Z to come on over to the dark side. But uh, the know, dark side of, of Y or X of X <laughs> of X of X yes. So you know, so we're 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 going into the nineteen seventies here uh, to begin the show today, ladies and gentlemen. And seventies uh, rock, as my generation will tell you. Is absolutely one of the seventies rock, seventies music. Period uh, was fantastic. Uh, it just was, um, and uh, we're going to talk today about one particular band that came out of that era. That let's say, um, let's say they had a different approach. Uh, that that would be a fair that would be a fair statement, I think. I and yeah, and uh, when they started, uh, which was in the very early seventies. One particular concert they did uh, wasn't a big venue. It wasn't like they did, you know, a big, you know, in Chicago or New York City or, or Los Angeles. It was it was a small concert venue, and I believe it was in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know how many hundreds of people were on hand, so that gives you an idea of how small this concert was. And there was a there was a writer there, uh, an <laughs> entertainment critic writer uh, from the Seattle Times. His name was Patrick McDonald, and. Uh, let me tell you what what Mr. McDonald said about this particular band in his review after this particular concert. Mm-hmm. He referred to them as as a flashy glitter band that tried to make up in theatrics what they lacked musically. Let me say that again. Make up in theatrics what they lacked musically. Uh, and, you know, he went on. He did, there was an article in this article. You can see this article. Um, and these band members actually have this article. Uh, he he continues bashing them throughout his entire review. And and at the end of the review, I believe it was. And I quote, this is what he said. And I quote, I hope the four guys who make up the group whose names don't matter <laughs> are putting money away for the future. The very near future, because Kiss won't be around very long. Right, right, right. How how, <laughs> how did that work out, Mr. McDonald? Pretty good. Uh, that band has that article. That band, they uh, have that article. I believe Gene Simmons said he has it actually framed in his mm. hallway, uh, and and they've never forgotten about that. They have brought it up several times in concerts and, and in interviews and so on and so forth on social media. In fact, that's where I initially had seen it. Um, yeah, they posted. And it's just it's it's just funny to show you, you know, why, why you really can't pay attention to too much of the unsolicited uh, unsolicited 
criticism that is out there for us. Yeah. But, you know, for McDonald's, you were right. Open mouth, insert foot probably yeah. goes really well with this one. Yeah. And not that he was wrong. He, to this day, was just so wrong on so many different levels. <laughs> I mean, they, they were they were pioneers yeah. of, the, uh, of what I believe they were one of the first ones to do the whole makeup thing and everything that they did with their yeah. with their, you know, theatrics. Right. I mean, think about the movement they brought with them. The merchandise alone was enough and still is a huge part of our lives growing up in that era. Yeah. All the way into the 80s. And then yeah. when they took their makeup on, it started a whole new revolution. They took their makeup off. Oh, right? yeah, they, took, they took it off. Not on. <laughs> they took it off. <laughs> uh, it's not even grammatically correct. Anyways, uh, <laughs> yeah. you know, it started a whole new revolution. Yeah. So this just goes to show we shouldn't give too much weight to our critics, like I said, mm-hmm. uh, when the advice, again, is unsolicited and, well, in this case, dumb. Yeah. Yeah. And so, you know, you could credit a lot of the a lot of the business success is you could credit Gene Simmons with. Um, He's made some fantastic moves that have kept that band alive and well for decades now. And um, through member changes and then so on and so forth, he's definitely uh, him and Paul Stanley have done a great job. But, um, you know, I was a member of the Kiss Army. And you better believe it, folks. I, I had the lunch boxes and the. And the uh, the thermos and the T-shirts and uh, I tried I, to have the van. If you remember, I tried to have yeah. the van. But <laughs> wait, it didn't wait, work what, out for me. Uh, well, what happened there? I don't. I don't remember. Well, that was probably you know, and I'm not going to go into details because unfortunately, it, it's it's not going to sound like I had very great supervision as a child. It's really that I was so bad, um, and so we're just going to that there. That. <laughs> I tried to. I tried. I started going house to house asking people for money because I wanted the kiss van that was down at the local pharmacy. Oh, I had Hackley's Pharmacy, Hackley's Ohio. Yeah. Then when I got caught, because unfortunately, you know. Know, four years old, you're not allowed to go door to door and ask for money. Um, I had a few bucks in my pocket. People I, were they were paying up, but yeah, I got I, caught before I could get it. So. I do remember you had some money. Oh, I, I remember our mother was was fit to be tied. Sure, and it, sure. And it's, it's it's interesting that we bring her up because we tell these stories to tell mm-hmm. this one, ladies and gentlemen. Um, there's so many stories we could tell. Now, listen to me. Now, we're going to tell this story. And you have to understand something here. We are putting our lives in danger when we do this. Because, you know, some people would always say that Denise Marie Phillips Sargentopoulos would eventually lose some energy and, <laughs> and become a sweet woman and calm and collective as she got older. She is still the same fiery energetic young lady that she was in the 1970s and 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 to add but she still means well <laughs> she does mean well she'll tell you that right she after still she means beats well. you right after she beats you she will tell you that and um again as you can see we are putting our lives at risk here and yeah. we are going to probably try to detour her from listening to this particular episode <laughs> but let me tell you a story real quick about what happened if you could recall back in the days and we're not going to get it where there's more stories where this comes from but back in the days of the 70s and 80s with the rock and roll movement, there was an anti-rock and roll movement as well. And it, a lot of it was with the TV evangelists, uh, the you know, like the PTL Club and Jimmy Swaggart. And I think Oral Roberts was involved in this as well. And, and they were definitely against the rock movement. And there were there are they, and they had their reasons. And the one thing that they came up with was they they said that KISS mm-hmm. stood for 
Knights in Satan's service. That was the that was what they were sticking with. And I remember Paul Stanley in an interview said actually it said actually it means keep it simple, stupid. But um, <laughs> uh, that was his way of you know getting back at, at that sure. comment. So it was it was absolutely the most ridiculous thing I had ever heard. And at eight years old, there wasn't a whole lot of argument in my game, no. so I had to accept it. But our mother, our mother was under the impression that this had to be. The truth. This had to be the way it was going down. And so, you know, there was a big argument all the time about even thinking about following Knights and Satan service, their music, their cartoon, their the movie, which was horrible. Uh, (laughs) Kids versus the Phantom was absolutely a nightmare. But um, and so on and so forth. And so uh, long story short, too late. uh, I'm on my way to Little League practice one day. I'm in the passenger seat. And uh, we're in our white Pontiac with the red leather seats on our way to baseball practice. And on the radio comes Hard Luck Woman. Now, if you are a Kiss fan or if you know that song, that was a song off of Peter Chris, the drummer. It was a song off of his uh, solo album. Each mm-hmm. member had their own solo album. And then they would bring that music with them in concert together to the different venues. Right. And Hard Luck Woman comes on the radio and <laughs> my mother is singing the song. <laughs> As we're driving, and I pick up on this, and I look over to her, and I don't remember the exact exchange, but I remember saying to her, you like this song, huh? And she said, is she, I don't remember what she said, but she kept singing, and I said, you know who this is, don't you? She had no idea. <laughs> and she looked at me, and I said, this is Knights in Satan's service. Now, I could have gotten backhanded right then and there, but I didn't. She must have been saving her energy for another day. And and their argument ensued, but at one point, soon thereafter, within the week or so, someone did uh, let her know that, indeed, that is KISS. And for one moment in time, kids won, parents nothing. It was a short-lived victory. (laughs) It was a very short-lived, and one of few, one of very few that we won in our lifetime. But it was kids won parents nothing for one moment in my life and it'll be something that i'll never forget just like the band kiss has never forgotten that ridiculous article review <laughs> written by mr mcdonald uh back in the early 70s yeah and it really was ridiculous this is also the same time acdc after christ devil comes yeah it's like listen okay first of all isn't that kind of an order i mean after yeah. christ so christ is first oh but the devil should never come yes i understand but at the same time come on you yeah. know it just it, they was, really they were yeah. reaching they, they were, were reaching. reaching. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, again, I'm not going to sit here and say that some of the things that that are, you know, that have happened over time in, uh, you know, in that lifestyle are exactly Christian. But at the same no. time, um, we just like the music. We just like the music. And, and, you know, what they did in their lives afterwards, it really was not, you know, uh, really we didn't really care. <laughs> we yeah. just liked the music. We didn't That's care. All. We don't follow their lifestyle. Right. We like right. the music. Yeah, exactly. So whatever. But okay. so this seems like the perfect time to take a break. Uh, We mentioned a few times that uh, our lives may be at danger. So uh, listen, if by the time you guys hear this, you notice there's no more episodes after this one. I don't know. Call somebody. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. I don't know. Who it might be call, too late. But yeah, yeah, it won't, won't matter. Too late. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, we're going to take a quick break from our, and hear from our sponsor before moving on with the show, where we're going to start discussing the ketogenic diet. So, stay here. All right, welcome back, folks. So, I'm going to do my best to give the most simplified and watered down version uh, of an explanation for what the ketogenic diet is about and how it's done. 
This may get a bit confusing because not only does it involve math, it gets a little deeper since it uses percentages. As a former calorie counter myself, I had a hard time wrapping my head around the fact that calories aren't what's important in this lifestyle. Rather, it's the percentages of each macronutrient that's key. And a quick reminder, our macros, macronutrients, macros, Mm -hmm. are fat, protein, and carbs. Now, remember, ketones are produced from fat, and so the most important of these nutrients is, of course, fat, and is meant to have the highest percentage of the three macros. Now, I've seen these percentages vary across Facebook groups, articles, YouTube keto uh, gurus, and anyone else well-advised in the ketogenic diet. So for all intents and purposes, I'll stick to the percentages that are easier to provide an example rather than being uh, a hard and fast rule. Mm -hmm. So back to fat. The daily amount of fat intake would be 70%. And I know that sounds crazy. It wasn't that long ago we were told through the food pyramid way of thinking that fat is the enemy. Yet people are partaking Hmm. in this lifestyle and they're doing the exact opposite. Well, short answer, yep. If you can recall, we talked about this before. There are there are actual good fats that can be found in various foods like eggs, avocados, avocado and olive oil, non-processed cheeses, Irish butter, MCT oil, which is derived from coconut oil, mm-hmm. almonds, walnuts, dark chocolate, fatty fish, and full-fat yogurt are great examples. However, there aren't many more to choose from either. There are tons of recipes out there, however, that show you how to use these ingredients in various meals to help boost your daily fat intake. Now, remember, 70% of fat per day does not mean obscene amounts of fat. What it actually means is more fat than carbs or protein per day. How much more? Well, let's talk about protein next. Mm -hmm. In my example, you'll be going going with 20% protein per day. So 70% of your food would be fat. Good fat, 20% would be protein. And so what's that leave? 10% for carbs. Again, keep in mind, when, you're, when your body has been using fat for an energy source for a period of, say, three to six weeks, it is now what we refer to in the past as being fat adapted. Right. So, yes, you're consuming mostly good fats every day, but your body now has been reprogrammed to use those fats for energy instead of storing it. You'll also be taking in a minimal amount of carbs. Remember, this is something else we spoke about. Good carbs are foods like sweet potatoes, blueberries, raspberries, and chickpeas. And so your body will burn through the glycogen stores produced by these foods relatively quickly since they're such a small amount. Mm -hmm. And then flip back over to fat burning mode for the majority of the day through that process Tony and I talked about last week when I finally had my aha moment called metabolic flexibility. Right. Also, real quick, there's something Mm -hmm. else to note here. In keto, you only count the net carbs of a food. Net carbs are the total amount of carbs altogether, minus fiber, and any artificial sweeteners such as erythritol. So yeah, more math, but I digress. Now, allow me to, to maybe give a different perspective on the percentages versus calories debacle, which is the keto diet. Keeping in mind, we said this before, nine calories per gram in fat, Nine, yeah, nine calories per, per gram of fat. Protein is four calories per gram and so are, are carbs. Four mm-hmm. calories per one gram of carbs. Okay. Mm-hmm. Therefore, in a day, if you eat 2,000 calories, 70% of those should be fat. As we said, if you're doing a 70, 20, 10, 70 fat, 70% of 2,000, I, I already figured this out. I'm not this good at math, I assure you. 70% mm-hmm. of 2,000 is 1,400. Therefore, 1,400 calories of your day should come from good fat. 
20% would be 400 calories. Again, I'll figure that out before we even have this discussion. <laughs> 20% would be 400 calories from uh, for your protein, right? Am I? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Are, you, are, you, are, you con- are you confirming this with yourself or? Are you- I am. Okay. I am. All I'm right. also, yes. <laughs> I'm, also, <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at my notes and I'm like, oh, okay, where'd I go with it? There you we go. got okay. it. So, which leaves us, mind you, with 2,000 calories, we just accounted for 1,800 of them. 1,800 of them. That leaves us 200 left for carbs. 1,400 fat, 400 protein, 200 left for carbs. Now, I know even more math, right? Who in the right mind is going to do this for every meal of the day for their entire lives? Because again, this is a lifestyle change. This isn't something you do to lose weight in the moment. Right. This isn't a fad. This is for your whole life now, okay? Um, well, we've talked about lose it before, and I'll use this spot to say you can log your foods through that app, and it does the macros for you, including dealing with those pesky net carb numbers as well. So there is, you know, that lose it app that I've talked about, you can utilize that, and it will help. Can I, but, you can know, I ask you a question real quick? Go ahead. Yeah, just real quick. When you say that uh, about that lose it app, now it'll it'll – It'll log the calories or it will log the grams or can you, is there a conversion where you can go, do you just, you just want the grams in front of you and you don't care about the calories because it's automatically updating the calories. I can literally scroll through my calories. Uh, you go to the next, there's like a little scroll bar at the top, a little info bar. Mm-hmm. Uh, the first one will show you your calories and where you set there. You scroll to the left and up pop your, your macros to the left, specifically your protein, specifically your fat, specifically your your carbs. Okay, your because, carbs and, that. and here's why I here's why I asked that, ladies and gentlemen, mm-hmm. is because a lot of people like to just do the the grams uh, instead of the calories, sure. because the numbers are so much smaller. Right, right. You know what I mean, and, yeah. and so it, it makes it seem like it's that much more easier to figure out. But go ahead. Yeah, and the way it would work, basically, you would pre-enter your meals for the day and then make adjustments where needed to get as close as possible to the necessary macronutrient percentage you're trying to achieve. Remember, this whole 70-20-10, I just used for easy numbers to make 100%. Mm -hmm. Um, Whatever it is that's working for you – you know, is, is of course the, the number that you're trying to get. Uh, the thing with macros is though, you don't strive to hit an actual number, a specific number. If you do, that's great. Mm -hmm. You just do your best not to go over the number that you have set. So how do you know if you're doing this right? Um, Tony, perhaps you can go ahead and talk about how we test to make sure that you're doing things correctly. And, uh, you know, I know there's a few different tests that you can do for that. As far as making sure you're in a state of ketosis. I'm sorry. Yeah. Let me yeah. let me go ahead and wrap that. And I mean, say that, that you're yeah. doing ketosis or keto okay. correctly. Yeah. Well, which I, I guess would be the, the same thing, right? If you're doing it correctly, you're in ketosis. So yes. uh, one goes uh, in hand with the other. So, you know, first let me touch on uh, something else. Let me touch – well, not something else, but let me touch on uh, real quick here, naming several physical signs. You ever notice my voice cracks when I talk? I feel like I'm 50 going on 13 sometimes. <laughs> I feel like Ross and friends. Remember? <laughs> so anyway, so so let me touch on uh, several physical signs that may, and I said may, tell you you're in ketosis. Now, I'm not going to go into lengthy discussions on these today, but if you aren't testing, if you're not going to do one of the tests that we're going to talk about, you know, the three standard methods, uh, this is kind of a backup option. You know, excuse me. Um, One, one sign from a physical standpoint is rapid weight loss in the beginning due Mm -hmm. to fluid loss. Okay. Water loss, you know, water weight, people call it. As glycogen stores are depleted, we've talked about this a million times, 
you know, sticking to keto will switch from fluid loss to stored fat burning soon thereafter. Now, keep this in mind. Fluid loss is from the lack of carbohydrates, all right, the lack of glucose, mm-hmm. and will level off or, let's say, plateau before the fat loss begins. If you ever notice, somebody will say they'll go on to a new fat, a new diet, or a new, a new way of life, uh, which will cause them to lose weight. Uh, rather quickly. And they'll say, I lost nine pounds this week. And then mm-hmm. three days later, they'll say, I gained four back already. <laughs> yep. you, you didn't really gain four back. That was water loss and you've plateaued. And now you're going into fat burning mode. That's actually a good sign, ladies and gentlemen, right. believe it or not. Um, another physical sign is the keto flu. All right. Now, I'm not going to go into great detail about it, but you know, if you're feeling, if you get on the, the ketogenic dial, uh, diet lifestyle and you're starting to feel in the very beginning sluggish, a lot of fatigue, uh, a lot of things that you feel when you have the actual flu, your body is switching over from, let's say, 87 octane fuel to jet fuel. Right. That's normally going to happen. So, what do I mean by that? Think about it 87 octane fuel we put in our cars, it's the lowest grade of fuel quality-wise that you could put in your vehicle. Whereas jet fuel, think about it, it goes into jet engines of these planes that fly some 300 miles per hour through the air. So, you know, obviously, what do you want? Do you want to be running on 87 octane or do you want to be running on jet fuel? You want to be running on jet fuel. But for your body to make that transformation, the keto flu is a physical sign, and it may mean that you are in ketosis or on your way. On your way, yeah. Yeah, and the third the third one we're going to talk about from a physical standpoint, if you're not going to do any of the tests that we're going to talk about here in a minute, uh, is insomnia. Now, mm-hmm. this may be a problem early on, uh, and it, it's actually been reported by many uh, that they have had this problem when they first start the ketogenic diet. And it is a sign that they may be going into ketosis. Uh, it's also reported, though, by these same people, most of them actually, soon thereafter, that you actually begin sleeping even better than you did before keto. And uh, the research is the norm there. Uh, that is the, that's the norm that they, that they find in their studies. Hmm. So, you know, again, there are several other physical signs that you may see uh, an immediate decrease in befo- performance followed by amazing energy and focus and a complete depletion of mental fog, which I'm sure we all want. So, you know, there's so much more, but, but let's talk about the actual tests now, you know, right. briefly uh, that help prove that you're in ketosis, not just signs, but that will help prove that you're in ketosis. Mm-hmm. Now, the first two I'm going to talk about are not the best routes to go. Uh, the third one is probably the best one, but let's start with number one. So let, let's start first by pointing out that you have three ketone bodies that we're looking at. Okay. You have three different ketone bodies. There's acetoacetate, there's acetone and beta hydroxybutyrate. Okay. Now, if you think I'm going to go into an amazing detail here about the molecular structure of each <laughs> and yada, 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 don't go anywhere. I'm not. You know why? Because I myself will shut the show off. <laughs> I mean, we've already explained. I'm not that guy. I'm not the guy who wants to do that, nor am I the guy that should. Uh, let's keep this simple. Let's explain that there are three ways to test and what is considered the best way. There are plenty of shows that will do the other stuff. For those who are interested, meaning getting deeper into the science, we'll get as deep as we need to. The first test is what we call urine strips. All right. Now, 
these are not found in the local market from what I understand. Joe, do you, do you know for sure if that's, because I've never looked for them, but from what I understand in all my reading, you cannot find the urine strips in your local market, in your Rite Aids, in your CVSs, in your Walmarts. Is that, do you know if that's a fact or not? Or, you know, anytime I did anything with keto, this wasn't the test that we used. So I really didn't actively search for it. Um, I will say that I've seen it, you know, on the Zon, Uh, Uh, you know, Amazon seems to have all of these things, but yeah. Um, so, for sure. so if I'm not mistaken, that is, I mean, there's no reason why this article was not telling the truth. Right. So you actually have to do the Amazon uh, route in order to get these or whatever other company you go with where you can order them online. They, they honestly are for diabetics. So, so they can monitor, so the diabetics can monitor themselves, making sure they don't end up in a situation in which their body is not creating enough insulin if they're trying to do this particular type of lifestyle. And the, it's, it's definitely a dangerous situation. It's a process known as ketoacidosis. And, um, you know, more about that as time goes on. Here's one more thing about the urine strips. Uh, should you decide to go the route to find out if you're you know, in a healthy state of ketosis or not. They measure excess ketones in your urine. Mm -hmm. So your body, ladies and gentlemen, your body will expel ketones created, but not used through the process of urination. When When you're using the strips, you will register excess ketones and be under the impression you are in ketosis. Sometime later, whether it's days or weeks, when you're doing the same thing, you may not expel excess ketones, but that does not mean you are not in ketosis. Your body is simply utilizing all of them produced by the liver rather than expelling what they don't need. So it's kind of a false negative and, and actually can be upsetting if you're doing everything right but can't understand why the strip is reading negative. Yeah. You know, yeah. So- that, that's, it's really something that, that might be more – productive if you're going to do it in the beginning, you know, like in your, when mm-hmm. you're first starting out. Right. Um, but at the same time, I don't know that it's worth purchasing a pack of strips when you're only going to use them. You t- typically, you're only testing yourself, I, I think once or twice a week. Yeah. So, you know, uh, I don't think it, it, I don't think it makes it, you know, cost wise, it makes a, a lot of sense. It's not very and cost effective at all. No. And if it's not the best way to figure out whether or not you're in ketosis, why waste that? Why penny? waste the money? Exactly. Yeah let alone how much they cost. So Mm -hmm. let's go to the second method. And the second method we're looking at is the breath meter. Um, Is the accuracy better than urine strips? Well, you be the judge based on what the information is I'm going to offer to you. Let's explain what's happening real quick. All right. Remember earlier I mentioned those three different ketone bodies, and this is the reason why I mentioned them, not because we're going to get into a deep science, you know, uh, based conversation, but, but let's look at this. Acetone. When using a breathing, a breathing meter, as we call it, uh, that's the one ketone body you are measuring primarily. So it, it should tell you once measured whether or not you're in a state of ketosis, right? Eh, there's a ton of science here, okay? But I, I'm going to simply say this. Acetone bodies do something else rather than give you a true reading of your state of ketosis that you're in. They're actually a byproduct from processes in your body creating dysfunctional ketones. That's correct. Your body will actually create dysfunctional ketones, almost saying ketones with no purpose. <laughs> uh, again, you know, I'm simply not going into the science too, too deep here. Now, listen, I'm not a biochemist. I'm not a, you know, I'm not a scientist. I'm not a doctor. 
I am a professional trainer. I've researched expert studies, you know, papers, videos, and so on and so forth. And that's what I'm bringing to you, okay? Simple as that. I, I will give you an example of what we're talking about when this process, you know, that produces acetone takes place as far as when you're breathing. So think about this. Anytime you're doing hard labor, whether it's construction, uh, any, anything you could think of in terms of hard labor, uh, you know, what else can we, can we come up with here? Landscaping, roofing, anything, right. uh, physical work, uh, working out, all right? Your body will create these dysfunctional ketone bodies that implode, okay? And you breathe this out in the form of acetone. So you really are only getting a measurement of percentages of dysfunctional ketones in your body at that point. So, you know, you're not really getting a, a great measurement of percentages of, you know, anything but dysfunctional ketones in your body. Um, so not the best way to conduct your testing uh, either. And just like, you know, the urine strips. However, the third option is probably, and I haven't seen any arguments yet, indeed, the way to go for anyone looking to the ketogenic diet as their choice or avenue to a healthy, best you. And that third option is the blood meter reading. Now, I, I haven't heard too many arguments. As a matter of fact, I haven't heard any arguments at all when it comes to this being uh, or not being the best avenue uh, in, as far as finding a true reading of, of ketosis. Again, earlier I mentioned the three ketone bodies and there was a purpose. So briefly, let me say that, that science will show you that beta-hydroxybutyrate hydroxybutyrate, as I try to say, 300 miles an hour, <laughs> is the most important effective of the three. Important slash effective of the three. When you do the blood meter test, you are finding out immediately how much of this particular ketone is in your blood. Immediately. There's no deviations based on your breathing, on any exerted efforts, uh, such as we talked about with, you know, uh, landscaping, uh, roofing, laboring, uh, working out. Uh, regardless of all other factors in that moment, any external factors, you are going to find out a true reading of your ketones and know whether or not you are, you know, in, in fact, in ketosis at that point in time. Now, here's what I think is pretty cool, all right? With this particular test, you can test when you wake up, when you go to sleep, when you work out, and what you could test it before a meal, after a meal, and you could see when in each and every moment throughout your day, your body is producing the most ketones. Now, that is a huge piece of information to me because now you know, uh, you know, in, in each and every portion of your day in which part of your day you are reaping the most reward while in ketosis so as for which blood meters you should shop for i won't lie i have not researched that but have no problem doing so should you want me to joe do you do you know uh the answer to that if not i have no problem doing the legwork on that uh and finding out you know it's a simple google search really as far as figuring out what uh what that uh, might be in terms of which monitors work best. Sure. So uh, the, the, one of the like industry standards, one of the biggest ones that are out there now is a company called Keto Mojo. Mm -hmm. um, and their, their meters actually, you can use them for glucose level as well as ketones. I think most can do both. 
Um, I don't know that there's an actual keto only um, monitor out there, uh, but you can get you know, Keto Mojo is the name of the company that makes these as well as the uh, strips that you have to use okay. um, to test. And it's it's also something to remember, too. There's a sweet spot that you're looking for with your blood ketones. Um, when you do that, there's uh, there's a number you want to stay between 1.5 and 3.0 millimoles. Okay, so we're not going to get into that. But there is an actual target is the idea here and it says so it right on the it says about. it right on the meter though right so they don't yeah. have to know what a millimole is they they right no it'll it. it'll tell you exactly and as long right. as you're in between those two numbers you know that your body's producing ketones in the blood and it's the right ones that you want um and you know that's probably the best bet to go gotcha. to go with perfect so all right so let's take a quick break here when we come back we're going to discuss some of the variations of keto that exist and are being used today and why neither coach tony nor myself subscribe to the ketogenic lifestyle what (laughs) we'll be right back okay so since keto started its big uptick over the past few years there have been a few other versions that have since surfaced and worked well for others first there's strict keto which falls in line with what we've already discussed today it focuses on high fat and very few carbs on a daily eating plan Actually, actually fewer than the 10% I used in my example. It actually falls more into the 5-ish percent category. Yeah. Next, we have dirty keto, which is based more on whatever macro percentage goals you've set for yourself, so long as you consume less than 50 grams of carbs per day. And remember, these are net carbs, so less than 50 net carbs per day. Dirty keto has gained lots of popularity due to the lack of meal prep time you would typically need to eat clean, since it allows for processed foods as well. Um, I think you already see my problem there. You already know that I'm going to be talking (laughs) about why I don't subscribe to it. There's number one, but we'll keep moving. It does not allow for processed foods. It also, or it does allow for processed foods. It does, yes. It also allows you to have foods such as cream cheese, lunch meat, and fast food, as I said. No, no. But you may want to order that burger without a bun if you do do that, because 50 grams of carbs is equal to approximately three slices of bread. Since those 50 grams have to be spread over an entire day, that bun is just going to do you in. Our next variation of keto is lazy keto. I'm certain the name in it itself has a lot of people thinking, well, this is the one for me. (laughs) But it's still keto with the goal of developing ketones from fat storage. So carbs are still a thing here since we need to keep those insulin spikes at bay. But they're the only thing. In this lifestyle, people only keep their net carbs in check. Again, the goal being between 20 to 50 grams of carbs per day. Now, I know what I just did there. I'm sorry. We're going to backtrack real quick. Uh, Dirty keto, 50 grams, not net carbs, total carbs, as opposed to this one is only net carbs. Remember, net carbs, the difference between carbs and net carbs. Carbs are the total amount of carbs. Net carbs, you you deduct the fiber and any um, sugar sugar yeah. alternative like yeah. erythritol, okay? Mm-hmm. So this one accounts for the net carbs as opposed to carbs dirt, total. dirty keto, which was total carbs, mm-hmm. okay? The last one, and I saved this one for last, is called low-carb, high-fat. I don't like to include this one because the goal here isn't even to achieve ketosis. However, that is not to say your body isn't going to burn fat eventually. By emphasizing whole unprocessed foods – such as fish, eggs, low-carb veggies, and nuts, while discouraging high-processed foods. Basically, you start with any number for each, making sure your fat is the highest. Protein is less than half of your fat percent, and the remainder being your carb percent. 
just be sure the remainder is no more than maybe 15%. So your carbs should be no more than 15% to stay. Mm-hmm. Um, so with that said, we're going to move on to why we do not partake into the keto lifestyle. And uh, I'm going to go ahead and let Tony go first on this one. Oh, yeah, yeah, you go ahead and throw me to the lines. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Listen, I, I mean, I'm I'm going to be straightforward here. Um, I truly, I truly understand this lifestyle. I get the benefits. I mean, if you, I can't tell a lie. It's it's the carbs. Yeah. Uh, I'm I'm not talking about <clears throat> simple sugars or anything like that. I'm talking about the amount of complex carbohydrates I'm allowed, even on non fasting days. Sure. And, and yes, folks. It, you can intermittent fast while on the keto diet. I mean, remember when we, we talked about this before, we said we're going to talk about intermittent fasting first because we're going to show you how it plays a relationship in all the other eating lifestyles that we talk about. So we right. talked about intermittent fasting first, and now we're talking about ketogenic. When we talk about paleo, when we talk about any of the other ones, we're going to show you how intermittent fasting could play a role. And even on my non-fasting days, my carbohydrates are restricted big time, and that's just not my game. That's not my game plan in right. life. Um, you know, uh, you know, basically um, – I probably don't take in any more than 75 carbs on fasting days to begin with. That's like a high number. A high end is probably a lot lower than that. Honestly, I'm thinking closer to 50 uh, as far as net carbs are concerned on on fasting days, Mm -hmm. uh, if that. On non-fasting days, I'm closer to anywhere between 125 and 150 grams of uh, complex carbohydrates. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, sorry, I, I'm, I'm not willing to cut my carbs way down like that. It's not me. It's not what I do. I'm not willing to eat 20 grams of, of, of carbs a day, if not less than that. Um, just not my lifestyle. However, right. however, there are millions that are, are doing it and they love it. I, I work with one young lady who has lost a lot of weight, feels great, has been mm-hmm. waiting for us to play this show. Uh, I told her, you know, we're in recording, but she's going to be waiting a few weeks yeah. because, um, you know, you know, we're obviously we're ahead of the game, folks. So, you know, she's excited about the show. She she loves the keto lifestyle. And that's that's millions of people. And I say good for them because it is definitely going to they're going to reap the rewards from that. Right. right. Sure. And, and they love it. And I, I'm getting I'm getting all the reward I need with my with my intermittent fasting lifestyle, eating clean about 90 percent of the time. Cheating windows. Notice I didn't say days. That's right. some, that's something we'll talk about in the future. Cheating windows. Ten percent of the time. You know what did we say before? Try it. Tweak it. Do what works for you and gives you the numbers you want. Right. It, it, it's it's you know I, I I love the numbers that I have for my doctor and so does he for that matter. Yeah. It, it's not it's not that the ketogenic diet is bad for you. It's it's that it's not for me. At least not in the sense of extreme as. Uh, some of the different ketogenic diet diets that you know Joe mentioned earlier, uh, the different ways to do it, you know, from dirty, you know, so on and so forth. Uh, I've lost, I've lost weight, I've gained muscle mass, and I've had great results. Like I said in my readings with my doctor, my checkups, I feel great. I feel like I'm 20 years old when actually I'm going to be 51 years old. And by the time this show airs, I'm going to be within a month of being 51 years old. Um, I love the way I'm handling it, so I'm not going to change. Does that change in the future? We'll see. Maybe I want to change it up a little bit and try it out. I don't think so. But, you know, Joe, your turn. Yeah. And that's not to say even that that high um, 
high fat, low carb. That's kind of what we do before a fast. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so I was thinking we, that in my head while you were saying that. We kind of do that. that but yeah. again, though, and, and well, let me go ahead. My reasoning of, of why I don't do keto is simple. Uh, I'm lazy. So there's that. <laughs> I hate math. I love <laughs> carbs. And last, through intermittent fasting, I already go into a state of ketosis where I'm burning fat stores anyways. So really, there's no need for me to go keto. Oh, and then there's the keto flu that you mentioned. No, thank you. For those of you who are wondering, this happens as your body does get used to the lack of carbs in your diet. It does go away, but trust me, it feels exactly how it sounds. And now there's finger sticks and the ongoing cost of keto blood strips and the monitor needed as well. And really, I find it personally non-sustainable for me, my family, or our lifestyle. And that's a huge part. Anytime you're going to choose a lifestyle, you have to think in your head, can I keep doing this? Because this is a lifestyle. This is something right. that you're going to change. Can I keep this? Sustainability is everything when it comes to this. I can intermittent, intermittent fast forever. Mm-hmm. Not even done every day. Um, and and But no, I, I, I did do keto at one point and, and felt miserably. That's me, though. That's my journey. Yeah. Um, you know, the foods are extremely limiting, too, as well. I truly do not care for the lack of fruits or veggies here either. Remember, this is low carb. There's no, you can't have an apple. You can't have, you know, I mean, uh, you're very limited on those things. There's so many nutrients and benefits to fruits and veggies, and you're extremely limited on that uh, with the ketogenic diet. But sure, you can find a thousand different recipes using the same ingredients, cheese, eggs, and olive oil, to name a few of the very limited allowed. But variety is the spice of life. Mm. With keto, not so much. For instance, fathead pizza. You mean baked cheese with (laughs) almond flour and butter? No sauce, no peppers, no pepperoni. Get the hell out of here. And don't even insult my intelligence by how good it tastes. I had it. It's not good. It's not pizza. It's the, it's the start of a topic. Do you need a moment? Do we need to take a moment here? Or? I am I'm offended and I am upset. <laughs> it's the start of a topic, right? You know, it's like people, yeah, well, you can have veggies. You can have cauliflower pizza. What two words did you put? Cauliflower pizza. What two words did you just put together in a sentence? Cauliflower pizza. I mean, cauliflower on my pizza? Sure. <laughs> But that's not crushed. Don't you dare. Don't. Uh, uh, oh, please. It, yeah, folks, it, folks, this is what as a trainer, <laughs> as a trainer, if I try to tell people about certain foods to eat, this is the response I get right here. You're, you're <laughs> witnessing it right now. Yeah. No, but, I'm going to have my pizza. I'm going to have my pizza yeah. and there's going to be nights. I'm going to have a little glass of wine. Uh, I'm going to I'm going to enjoy my carbs. I, agree. I do. I agree. And, because I'm going to enjoy life. See, th- this is again, you know, so you, I can tell you this real quick. <laughs> I can tell you this real quick. Dr. Fred Hatfield, one of the founders of the late Dr. Fred Hatfield, one of the founders of International Sports Science Association, also known as Dr. Squat for our powerlifting friends out there. He once said, and real simple quote, if you want the Twinkie, eat the damn Twinkie. And, and, And that's just it. Don't eat the box of Twinkies. Yeah, because again, now you're dealing with the forbidden fruit, right? You're told what you can't have. What happens? You want it all the more. But okay. So again, intermittent fasting gives me all the same results minus the efforts with the pizza. Who wouldn't want that? I mean, listen, if you think this is something you'd like to try, talk to your doctor, get them on board with what you're doing, especially if you're a diabetic. Mm -hmm. Tony had mentioned this earlier, and I would like to suggest you look up the term ketoacidosis. Yes. Or maybe ask your endocrinologist on how to avoid this life threat condition. Besides this, if you're currently on insulin, they're going to have the most the most knowledge on how to slowly taper you off, provided that's what's best for you. You have to, you absolutely have to get with your medical professionals before you change your lifestyle. We can't, 
we cannot emphasize that enough. Yeah, and, and in fact, listen, next show we're going to talk about um, uh, the beginning is going to be a little bit different. We're not really going to get into the 80s and 70s what? nostalgia. I'm oh, sorry, okay. Tony. No, but but this, this is – it is going to be something that, that deals more with um, you know maybe what to present to your doctor if you're considering intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it may be. The, the, the right questions to maybe ask mm. and present to them. Uh, so I'm going to sum up today's show. First, keto. There are very there are a variety of ways to participate in this lifestyle. Everything from macronutrient percentages with the intentions of staying in ketosis to eating low carb, high fat meals where ketosis isn't the goal at all. Urine strips, breath tests, and blood tests are all ways to check to see if your body is producing the necessary amount of ketones in order to reap the greatest reward. Remember, blood testing being the most accurate. The keto diet could be a great thing for the right people, but with the amount of change an individual would need to go through, I personally would never recommend it to someone just starting out on their healthy journey. It does coincide with all we've said about IF, though. As you take in more fat and less carbs, naturally your body will start to use fat stores for energy as the low amounts of carbs run out. The difference between the two, however, is IF is done intermittently, just as the name says, intermittent fasting, whereas keto is all day, every day, with no pizza. Enough said. <laughs> I'm done with that horse. <laughs> that, that dog is that dog. You didn't mention donuts, but yeah. Well, yeah. Oh man, donuts, right? Mm. <laughs> all right. Well, that's today's show in a nutshell. Now we're going to talk about next week. Next week is going to be another shoulders up episode where we're talking about the mindset that can derail us as we go through our personal journeys. Mm. Ultimately, we're either making plans or we're making excuses. Yes. We're going to help you decide on which one you've been doing, but that'll be next week. Until then, I want to remind all of you, be sure to give us a review on your favorite podcast service. Also, if you have any questions, comments, thoughts, or opinions, you can leave us a voice message via the link in this episode's description. And finally, remember to join us each week as we release new episodes every Wednesday morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, on behalf of Coach Tony and myself, thanks for listening. Uh, have a good one out there, everybody. Be the best you, Joe. Yeah. You, you go get a pizza. I mean, do I'm something. Get a pizza. I'm going to pick up my grill. I'm going to yeah. pick up a grill. I'm going to grill out today. I'm going to have a burger with two buns. Yeah, do it. I, I do it. <laughs> Calm yourself after that. All right. Yeah, glass of wine. I'm out. <laughs>